everybody to Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. This is season one, episode five. Uh, I'm Megan Cottrell, your host. And co-host Amber Fransman. So pitter-patter. Let's get at her. Previously on Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. So not a huge thing, but I wrote down two just kind of silly like side things. So, I mentioned Jared Kiso's tattoos last time. Yes. And I wrote down the ones that I could find, that I could figure out what they were. So, that's, that's the fun part of this job, <laughs> just getting to go back and try oh, to let me study figure this. out what Jared Kiso this has is all research. over his body. Yes. <laughs> research for the podcast. So, okay. One of them is really cool. Well, they're, they're both that I could find are pretty cool. So, Jared's father owns and operates a sawmill... And it was founded in 1872 by his family. What? And so he has the logo for that on his shoulder. Nice. Um, yeah. And I thought, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. And then on his, that was on his right bicep. And then on his left bicep is where he has a portrait of Gus. Oh, is it Gus? Yes. Oh. <laughs> it's so cute. Gus is such a good boy. He has a couple other little ones, but I couldn't find anywhere. It's I think it's words and dates and stuff, like little tiny it things. It looked like he had maybe like a tribal one or a text one to me, but I couldn't quite tell yeah. what it was. Yeah. And I scoured the internet. Again, very sad for me having to do yeah. research. <laughs> Poor Megan. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I couldn't find it anywhere. The other thing... Remember what Riley and Jonesy's like hype up for their workout they were yes. gonna do, and they were like, "Gonna be ripping this, gonna be ripping this." So if you out there after your Letterkenny drinking game want to do the Letterkenny workout, yes. you can you can do this because I wrote them all down. Because we endorse healthy lifestyles healthy, on this podcast. It's all about balance. balance. <laughs> Drink your puppers and then do your your ripping of the crazy rip reps. <laughs> rip the reps. <laughs> Okay, so 50 burpees, 50 push-ups, stairs, protein Protein break, break. (laughs) skull crushers, force reps, which I don't know what that means. What are skull crushers? Skull crushers are like when you hold a weight and you're laying down and it's over your head and you're pushing it. Oh, and you could literally drop it onto your skull. kill yourself. (laughs) Okay. All right, that makes sense. Yeah, and then supersets, which just means extra, like you're... Doing them one right after the other. Okay. Anti-gravity press. I know it's a real thing. I don't know exactly what it is. Hmm. <laughs> Advanced kettlebell windmills, which I do know what that is. kind of complicated, but have you, do you know what the kettlebells yeah. are? Yeah. And so would that be like around like hula hoop around or would it be around like a windmill around? I think there's a few different ways you could look at it so when i think of windmills we used to have to do windmills for basketball and we had to do them like in between the legs so you'd have to like pass it back and forth that's why i was never a real athlete (laughs) (laughs) but there's also ones that i've seen that look like it goes like around the top of your head so you're like working your arms (laughs) and we know that they're all about arms they're all about the upper body those (laughs) those glamour muscles (laughs) barbell hack squats no idea. Drop sets, which I think is has to do with like the number of the workouts they do. Again, I used to be an athlete, but I don't know what that means. So I'm just guessing. I used to do some at-home workout DVDs, and they really worked well. But it's been a minute, so I don't know about that one. Swiss ball jackknives. Okay. Animal stack bent over rear dog raise with 
head on bench. With your head on bench. That's a lot. I don't Maybe even, it helps you balance since might... you bent over. <laughs> but why is it animal stack? And what animal? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure. And then cable rope overhead tricep extensions. Okay, that I could kind of see. Like the machines where you would... Like push down with the tr- okay, but yeah. you just do it over your. I can see that. Okay, yeah, I can it's see that. I. I gotta have a visual in my head. Hashtag no excuses. Hashtag, Hashtag beach body. body. Skipping leg day. Skip leg day. <laughs> Always legs. skip leg day. <laughs> so that's your letter Kenny workout. There you go. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna jump in to the episode, and I'm just gonna read the hard facts. All right, using the letter Kenny wiki page for reference. Air date, February 7th, 2016, written by Jared Kiso and Jacob Tierney, directed by Jacob Tierney. So the synopsis is, Daryl comes up with an idea to start a pest removal business while Stuart decides he's going to become a DJ superstar and host his own rave. Now, when I remembered what this episode was about, (laughs) I kind of got a little sad, not because I don't like it necessarily, but... I remember, I'm one of those people that hurts my own feelings <laughs> when I watch stuff on TV and I'm like, when I, when I find it sad and I just remembered, oh, this hurts my feelings. I, so I am very empathetic. I just suck up all that energy from other people when they're sad. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it comes in very handy. I'm a massage therapist. It helps me kind of be able to work individually on people but this one it's really sad for Stuart, and it does it makes you sad yeah i feel bad for him and you kind of want to give him a hug and just like be there for him and let him let him know he has some support or something just it was it it's a very it's it's sad for him and i also noticed just today really for the first time does this first season have any katie specific storylines i feel like she's a major player in everything she's like in every episode and has a lot of airtime in every episode but nothing so far has been specifically about her like last episode her going to the hockey players games but it was more about the hockey players yeah not as much about her and i don't think she gets her own real storyline until maybe next season again and she's in everything yeah She's um, in and she's around and she's she's always there, but yeah. and even like heavy in episodes, it's just it's not necessarily like here's our Katie episode. Yeah, you know. No, no, that's true. That's true. Okay, so the cold open. This is such a great. <laughs> and moment. I love the cold open in this one again because Glenn is just amazing. And anything with Glenn, yes. Anything with Glenn, but this this one <laughs> in particular, you just feel like oh, he's so funny, he can't top what he did in the last one, and then he comes. <laughs> Anyway, go ahead with the cold open. And he's like, hold my beer. Yes. (laughs) They're sitting down to write it, and he's like, hang on, I've got it. This is what I'm going to do next episode. And you, yeah, I was going to say, you know he has to be so pumped when he's writing, too, because he knows what he gets to (laughs) do. What he gets to do. And he has has to have it in his mind. (laughs) He gets to write and direct him doing these things, (laughs) and it's great. I'm I'm 100% here for Glenn all day. (laughs) All right, so cold open. A bit of fuss down to the church the other day. Wayne and Daryl come down to the church. A pantsless Glenn <laughs> asked them to remove a, a rodent nesting below the organ. Wayne determines that it's a possum and would rather reach into a pirate hooker's chamber pot than deal with it. And Daryl always had a skilled hand at wrangling vermin and gets his hand bitten. <laughs> 
So he's standing behind the pulpit when they first come in. And they start a conversation and everything seems fine. And then he steps out from behind the pulpit, just nothing weighs down. His dress shirt's like covering up the top of his legs, but and Wayne's just like, oh, Ferda, you're naked as a jaybird. <laughs> and then Glenn's response is not that there's anything wrong with being pants. It's humid. Yeah. The humidity. Yeah. Wayne, come on. Like, there's nothing wrong with what's going on here. Stop being so whatever. Just, I love him. And he has on like knee high. <laughs> I don't even, they're like almost volleyball socks, but they kind of look like hose. You know what I'm talking about? Those knee high hose. Yeah. Almost stockings. like pantyhose. Yeah. yeah. Like dress socks, but like the sh- almost sheer kind of yes. dress socks. Yeah. And they're so long. And it makes it worse because he's in waddy tidies. <laughs> it's so funny. It is. It's great. And Wayne can't even look at him after that. He has to turn around <laughs> and like talk while looking away from him and then walk past him without looking at him again. It's just hilarious. And I like how when Wayne goes up to check, Glenn goes, whew. Because <laughs> he bends over. <laughs> he loves Wayne. They're at Grace Fellowship Church and they're celebrating 100 years. Oh, praise, praise the Lord. Yeah. <laughs> and I just love how, how you said Wayne is so uncomfortable with pants. He just, he can't look at him. He's so funny. <laughs> But I do want to add, this was my big note for this scene. So it's a possum and they're talking about how they, Wayne's like, don't, I I would rather what stick his hand in the chamber pot of a pirate hooker. Possums are good. Don't kill possums. This is a complete side note. PSA. Possums can't have rabies, which kind of makes this episode. So we'll just ignore that fact further on. But possums can't have rabies because of their low body temperature. They can, however, fight off, kill, or eat other animals that do carry rabies. I would love to have a possum in my yard. (laughs) Maybe not in my house or under my church organ, but don't kill possums. All right, that's my my soapbox for the day. Wayne is perpetuating a terrible stereotype for possums. Do better. (laughs) Do better. And false advertising for possums. Yes. Love the possums. I love that. I, I think this is the first time we, because we've seen Glenn kind of not hit on, but like kind of be hit flirty on. <laughs> with Wayne. And this is the first time we see him do that with Derry. And he's like, just just pop that jumper right off. I'll hold it for you. <laughs> yeah, get get on down in there, and nobody can get dirty. And then Wayne tells him to to bump it down twenty yeah, percent. He's like, take it back there, twenty percent. Like he's squirrely Dan. I'm kind of surprised that Wayne's scared of possums. I am a little bit too. I'm surprised that he's misinformed about possums yeah. as informed as he seems to be about everything he, else. Because we, we talked about how he knows random stuff for everything else. Yeah. He has that kind of, not I don't want to say useless knowledge, but like you said, really random knowledge. Learn about possums, Wayne. He's so hyped up about the possums and telling a story and cussing about it that Glenn says, Wayne, the swear jar. Yeah. <laughs> so much money. He owes so much money. And then when Derry's down in there getting it from a distance he's still talking to him and then he just pulls his underwear off and he's like oh again i'm so sorry this heat and oh. he starts fanning himself with his undies that is so <laughs> gross he gets t- two negative points on his health score too oh i don't know if gosh. you can give it to a church it, this cold open is probably one of my favorites i love the um oh how does he say now you want to have an eye because i come out meaner and spit and go like a hot damn <laughs> that's just such a country saying i mean i can see my pap saying something like if he heard it he would adopt it yes yes 
And we learned that Derry has a size nine shoe. And I guess Wayne has... Wayne's got a 12 and a half. (laughs) Wayne. (laughs) There you go, Wayne. (laughs) I didn't understand the last thing that Wayne said. So that is hilarious to me. Okay. So you wish there was a Pied Piper for possums, but there isn't. So you're going to have to just keep picking them off with a 22. Buckle up because they're and ugly. Of course, that's not to say that I have it all my damn self. Cause like, so he called the possums ugly. Yeah. And then he takes a minute to pause and kind of self-reflect. And he's like, not saying like I'm the best looking oh, okay. one either. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> that makes a little bit more sense now. So I love the immediateness too with which he let me kind of reflect on that and all right not to say i have it all my damn self i like his thinking face too because he does a i guess i'm not that good looking either yeah. <laughs> can't be that mean to the possum yeah i can't call it too many ugly names don't pick them off with 22s wayne any more notes about the do we mention the possum bit him yes oh well we have him yeah because that does come into play that later does, that is the, the big takeaway <laughs> really i was gonna say i'm also surprised i didn't get like a possum that like had been tamed because that I have I mean I have seen that we live in the country I've yeah. seen that so I'm a little surprised I didn't get something like that but I bet their budget for season one must have been really really tiny yeah. and I think that comes into play when we were talking about the clothes last episode mm. I bet a lot of that had to do with the budget that makes me curious if the the button-up shirt that Derry's wearing at Modine's in the last episode if it's the same one he wears in the first episode when he goes to the church Probably. Like if he's only ever in his his coveralls, or that one particular shirt. That wouldn't surprise me. And the me. hockey players wearing the same outfits over and again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so you never actually see this poor possum. You just hear it, and then it's supposed to bite Derry. And then I guess they get it at some. They must have point. gotten it. Yeah, yeah, if he thinks that he's good enough to start a business of critter removal, he must just, have actually gotten it. I just love that he's like, you know, I'm pretty good at this, and then he gets bitten. <laughs> Like, no gloves or anything. I know. But but I guess that's pushing the plot forward, so. Yeah. We'll forgive you this time, Letter Kim. So, then we jump to the kitchen scene. Daryl is at the kitchen table, sick from his possum bite, and Wayne is just like, does not give a shirt up. Hair at all. He's like, ah, what are you going to (laughs) do? Wayne will be busy prepping for the jamboree, so Katie decides she's going to take Derry to the clinic. Now. Wayne's not being a very good friend here. Not at all. But him playing with Gus is the cutest little thing. He plays peekaboo with him. <laughs> but he's not being very... He's actually kind of like borderline mean in this episode because he's mean to Stuart and yeah. he's mean to Derry. And so Katie's usually mean to Derry. Yeah. And she comes into the kitchen and she starts off with her normal kind of banter yeah like being a little mean being a little like oh how'd you do that would you get herpes but then once she realizes that he was bit she immediately dairy are you okay dairy what happened like well okay i guess i'm taking you to the clinic it kind of shows you that even though she's mean to him a lot it's kind of playful and in love and when she actually needs to be helpful and nice to him she is yeah you can tell here she really cares about him yeah which is good because wayne like you said he's just completely indifferent about dairy's like vomiting on the table and supposed to have rabies and Uh, whatever he had in his mouth was blue and it was i didn't look that close i I didn't want to but i just happened to notice i was like oh there's definitely a blue tinge that's so gross oh my god but wayne was just more concerned with like thinking of his hooker jokes and prostitution jokes and it was a little bit funny because you could almost tell that 
he was like, okay, think of another one. Yeah. Think of another one. <laughs> Instead of paying attention to dairy. Like when he does his Florida State Seminole Vesicles joke. Yes. Like he really put a lot of thought into these jokes. Somebody needs to laugh at them. He even has to get one more out before they can get out the door. As Katie's like got dairy propped over her shoulder, like helping him, dragging him to the car, yeah. dragging him outside. And Wayne's still just trying to crack a joke. Hey, why are crabs always so tired? It's because they only sleep in snatches. I hate when people call them snatches. It's so gross to me. It's a funny joke. It is a gross word to call it. But that is really good. But it made me laugh. They have to go in Derry's van because the hockey players are gone. But I'm just kind of sad we never get to actually see it. I was like, oh, maybe. We can't see the brown van. Yeah. Where's your brown van at, Derry? And I just wrote down that Gus is such a good boy. He's a good boy. Because he's just sitting there like letting Wayne do it. Which, of course, that's Jared Kiso's dog. So I guess he's just used to. Yeah, but I mean, you never know how some animals, unless they're trained to be in front of the camera how they might act on like a set like that and that yeah. dog's just chilling in his lap yeah just so, so happy good he is a good boy i guess the jamboree was kind of angie and wayne's thing i would love to see an episode where wayne dances because right they yeah. talk about him dancing with angie a lot or like saving dances for other, other girls and stuff and i'm curious because i can picture him like line dancing or slow dancing waltzy kind of yeah but it would be it would be interesting he says it's time to find a new dance partner, and there's... He seems very solid, but I don't know about fluid, like if there would be a lot of yeah. rhythm to his dancing. I think it's because he seems so military, bulky, mm-hmm. kind of. Like, like stoic, stoic and yeah. yeah. But I, it would be hard for me to picture him light as a feather, as they say, like, <laughs> or something like that well, later yeah. When she says that she's talking about how he used to move Angie around. Yeah. Like she hardly weighed anything. But that still just makes me picture him like standing in one place and not moving his feet and just moving her (laughs) around. (laughs) Possibly. Uh, That's pretty much the entirety of that because Katie's off to the clinic with Derry and Wayne's just playing with the dog at the kitchen table. (laughs) Playing with his dog and making jokes at Derry's expense. Then we jump to the hockey players and this is just a quick scene but... They're waiting for their ride to the res. Jonesy notices that Dietzy and Burnsy are missing, and Riley diagnoses them with a case of the native flu, i.e. calling in sick because they are avoiding a tangle with the natives who are tough as hell. So, (laughs) my note from this uh, scene was the smelts, as they, they call them. It just reminds me of pledges. Like, I could just see, so Megan and I are sorority sisters, and while we were always very nice to pledges, I think, our brother fraternity, while there wasn't, like, hazing involved, there was definitely, like, pledge carry my bag, pledge do this, and I could just see it, like, pledge carry all the hockey bags, (laughs) pick those bags up higher, and call some potato chip. Yeah. (laughs) That's my favorite part. (laughs) But, okay, so later on, and this is jumping like way further in the series but let's say if you can't carry your bag you shouldn't be playing hockey yeah but i guess they they make an exception to give the new guys some tasks yeah almost like paying their dues earning their keep kind of thing like pledging yeah (laughs) and the spinners are definitely back here yeah unfortunately which sucks the sound effects are not as nasty as they (laughs) normally are but spitters are are back 
There's only seven people in front of the arena, and I don't know how many people you need to play hockey. But I, I don't know the answer to that. No, like it's more than seven. It seems like it would be more than seven. There might have been one guy walking up at the end of that scene. Well, they do say two are uh, are missing, but is nine even the amount that you need, or do you need even know. more than nine? It doesn't seem like you would only have the bare minimum of players on your team. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they could only pay so many extras. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you when I go to the Ice Bears game. I'll report, right. yeah. report back. But Can't, it seems like... Count how many are there. Yeah. And I wrote... This is just a random last little tiny note. Because it's just such a small it is, scene. It's a pretty short scene. But I hate how their outfits... Like, nothing matches. It's, I didn't notice that. I mean, it doesn't matter, really. But Josh, he would just... Before, I mean, he would just dress however. And even now, even if he's not going to be doing anything super important mm-hmm. i like for him to put like kind of a nice not a nice but like just match uh-huh. but if you can't if you can why not do it you know and so it just kind of bothers me that there are color schemes all over the place <laughs> i didn't notice that but I'll, uh, I'll go look at it now and that's it for that scene that's uh just a quick intro to what r and j are doing this episode mm-hmm. and it introduces the fact that the the natives will come do they ever say what tribe it is, they call them the natives. They talk about the res. I'll have to pay attention to if that comes up later. No. I know that the actress that plays Tannis grew up on a Mohawk reservation. Mohawk. Is that, and she's Canadian. Yeah. So, hmm. Interesting. All right. I can't pronounce her name. I tried to look it up. I, it was one of my, one of my notes, but I'll see if I can look it up. We might okay. say it at the end of the episode. Right. And then okay. we have the dollar store scene. Wayne goes to get Ice for the Jamboree and Bonnie McMurray. The Bonnie McMurray. Bonnie McMurray. <laughs> the only person with a last name. <laughs> and she looks so young. She here. does. She like, looks so young. Because she she's never a main character, but she is a recurring character yeah. that you are familiar with. You're yeah. used to. You know what she looks like. She does look like a baby yeah. in this yes. scene. And I forgot how young she looked. She's so into him right now. She, well, she's laying it on as thick as Jessica. Well, she's... <laughs> I mean, I don't blame her. She's got to be pumped because she knows Wayne's single now. Yeah. So. And what the, she, you know, she says something like, they've all been watching Wayne and Angie dance yeah. for so long, waiting for their turn. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's just been, and she, what is, uh, McMurray says she's back from college. So she's 19, maybe 20. Yeah. So she's been just pining for this guy since she was 15. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah, you're finally single. She keeps flirting with him instead of ringing up his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> and he tries to check himself out, but she tells him just to take it without paying. Yeah, I, I wrote down that Wayne ignores Bonnie hitting on him like he ignores McMurray talking. He just continues <laughs> doing what he's doing politely. You know, he's not ignoring him in a rude way, mm-hmm. but just kind of like, okay, well, I've got about a, like a baker's dozen bags of ice here. Like, okay, go ahead and ring me up and I'll get out of your hair. Like, she's just... Hitting on him, hitting on him, yeah. hitting on him. He even <laughs> takes the scanner and tries to do it himself. He's like, "We're gonna get, we're gonna get through this." But it just, it, it was almost exactly the same way that he acts around or treats McMurray, her brother. Yeah, it that's was, true. It was the exact same yeah. type of tolerance, I guess. But just instead of trying to tune out whatever McMurray is saying to him, trying to tune out Bonnie hitting on him. Do you follow the girl that plays Bonnie on anything? No, no. She is gorgeous, she, and she's in killer shape. 
like Katie's in good shape too, but I feel like Bonnie's even more. I don't know if it's just naturally she's skinny or she works out a ton or, but she's in killer and she's young. I mean, everyone, yeah. you have yeah. metabolisms when you're young. It's not, it's not as hard to, to look awesome when you're 22. Rest in yeah. peace, 22. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> so long ago. But yeah, she is. In this scene, she's wearing a crop top, low rider jeans, and she's got a pink I on. noticed she had that whale tail flashing. <laughs> I was like, is this 2004? What are we doing? <laughs> Let me see that thong. We're not. Have you seen Degrassi? Did you ever watch Degrassi? No, I didn't. That was, that, a, I'm, I'm too old. That was a little bit after my, my youth time. I understand. But Nate knows what it is. Yeah, it's, well, definitely check that out, listeners. It's another Canadian classic TV show. It's, it's like a soap opera type high That's school what he said, Because he said the... The girl from Vampire Diaries was on it, and he yeah. said Drake was on it. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, okay, but I, I've never seen it. I've heard the name. I'm not, I've never watched it, well, though. She's pulling a Manny on this, is what I would call it, but there's an episode where there's a young girl who's very, very pretty, and she it's their first year in high school, and she's very sweet and, like, you know, dresses kind of cute. And one day she's just decided, you know what, I want to look caught. I don't want to <laughs> look cute. And she wears... Low rider jeans, like super low rider jeans. Oh, I do not miss. And her thong is like up to her belly button, basically. It's I do so not high. miss low rider jeans. They're like, not good for any, they don't look good on anybody. Unless you're built like Bonnie McMurray or like uh, Katie. Yeah. And have absolutely no stomach pooch yeah. at all. I, even at my skinniest, I always had a little bit of a squishy tummy. I just always have. And you so, have to be like 1990s drug thin. Yeah, like super thin. Yeah. And I just never was. So when those were all you could find, like in it the early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. <sighs> I don't miss that trend at all. Yeah. They can Very... bring back flare jeans. I love the hell out of some flare jeans. Yeah. but uh, Yeah, I do too. <laughs> Some like sixties and seventies flare jeans, like mm. those big exaggerated ones. Yeah, I like those. As long as you can keep the tummy high. As long as they're high rise, <laughs> man, I'm good with them. I, I wrote down. I can see why he wants the paint to dry a little bit when you see her, because you watch the whole series and you go back and you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, I mean, if they come out with a new season every year, so six years have passed, and so you know, at the end when we've seen her, like the last few episodes, mm-hmm. you know, she's in her mid twenties now. She's a woman, but in this one, she looks like a child. She looks 16 or 17. Yeah, she looks and so And I know young. she's probably actually she, in early 20s in this. She just has such a little bit. And she's not wearing much makeup. It's yeah. a very, like, fresh, natural mm-hmm. look. But it really just, she just has a little baby face. Yeah. And I'm sure that's exactly what Wayne's thinking, too. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this baby face. We're going to just. Little girl is trying to hit on me. We're going to that one some time. <laughs> Let's just get these bags of ice rung up and I'll be on my way. Wayne. Bonnie, how are you now? Good, and you? Not so bad. This isn't all for you, is it? It sure is. Is it for the jamboree? See me dance? Yep, sure. Thank you. I've always wanted to dance with you, Wayne. And she gives him like a full-on wink. I mean, she's she's like, she's not Jessica, but she's... <laughs> she's be... also not hiding her feelings or being too subtle by any means. Yeah. I don't know why Wayne would have bathroomed with Jessica, but, but not go after Bonnie, but I guess maybe it's because Bonnie's McMurray's sister. I was going to say, it could be that she's a McMurray. I mean, you know how that kind of is in like a small town, like, oh, that's so-and-so's sister or that's so-and-so's daughter, which they've mentioned and especially like the last episode, you know, they kind of equate you with your family, which 
isn't always how you are. Yeah. But a lot of times, especially small town thought process, like, oh, that's McMurray's sister. And I don't just, I don't want McMurray as a brother-in-law, so I'm just going to leave that alone. That's true. <laughs> that might be more of what he's thinking. Yeah. Gosh. Poor Wayne. He's just, he's trying to be nice. But he, he does, he does agree to dance with her. Yeah, to save her a dance. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was sweet. I was like, oh, he's. Girl, he's obviously not into you, but that was is sweet that he's yeah, he's with her. he's still being polite and still being like gentlemanly and being nice. So. To be fair to Bonnie, though, there's not really a lot of options in Letterkenny, so she needs to jump when she can. Yeah, <laughs> true. And they say she's back from college, but does she ever leave again? I feel like she came back from college and stayed. Well, I think he meant it as though she's back, like done, maybe. But she seems so young. She does not look. 22 if she went to a four-year college unless she just got her associates maybe or unless she graduated high school super early (laughs) i don't know i don't know i have to pay more attention to that as the uh the show continues on because you're right i mean doesn't she doesn't ever seem to leave again yeah it's like she starts she works at modine's after that and she works at the dollar store and she's just kind of around after this so next scene katie's carrying dairy (laughs) To the clinic. Terry's so out of it this whole episode. Yeah. He doesn't really say much of anything after this. She runs into Stuart on the steps of the clinic. She tells him that he used she used to be impressed by his music when she was a teenager and she's disappointed to see him addled with drugs. Because you can tell he's obviously messed up in this scene. And she she mentions that like he's she's like, You look rough or something. It it is it's sad because some people do dabble in drugs when they're younger and then they stop and they go on and they live grown up adult lives. And some people dabble in it and it becomes more than a dabble and it takes over their lives. And yeah. that's what it's done to Stuart at this point. And she says, you know, you're not a teenager. It's not charming anymore. And he's like, I, I used to charm you. And it is such a, he couldn't even believe that that's something that used to even cross her mind is that he was yeah. charming. And that in and of itself is almost enough to make him try to turn his life around yeah. and try to start doing better. And she says, yeah, you, you used to. But wrong takeaway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, wrong takeaway. I felt sad because he starts to kind of see himself through Katie's eyes for a second. And it's both a hopeful thing because, again, you did used to charm her. Yeah. But then he kind of realizes, oh, well, now this is what she's seeing and it's not. It's not. It's not yeah. very attractive at all. Yeah, she talks about when she was younger and she used to sneak into his parties and she would listen to the mixtapes that he'd made and it was all his own music and she really thought, like, she was impressed by him. And you can tell that she feels like there's such wasted potential there. And then you can feel him feel her thinking that it's wasted potential and yeah and it's just it's it's a sad road but since his lifestyle's no longer appealing to her he starts to think well maybe i could change my lifestyle and have a chance with katie so my husband's a musician and there's definitely a side of that that you could get into and then it's like you're all of a sudden in just the drug scene versus now you're not even in the music part of the scene anymore. Yeah, it's, it's just, just it, it, it's overtaken by it. I like background things. You know, <laughs> you know, I like to pause and read. So they're in front of the Letter Kenny Walk-In Clinic. And they have a little sign that says, No narcotics on premises. I know Stuart's looking rough, but I wonder what he's there for. I wonder. 
And you said walk-in clinic, and I have no idea why. But up until this moment, for some reason, I pictured her taking him to a vet. I thought so, too. I think that's what it is that they've dressed up to look like a walk-in clinic. Because he got bit by an animal, I guess. I just, just like, oh, she's taking him to the vet. Or that Letterkenny didn't have one, and it was like, well, we have a vet, and that's the closest thing we have. This is is what you're going to have to deal with. I mean, he's obviously not... To the point of like ODing or anything, but he is pretty rough. So well, it did break my heart because she said you look rough, and he said, "Well, you look beautiful." <laughs> I can't see you. Yeah, I can't see you, but you always look beautiful. Basically, he just knows. What hurts me so much in this episode is I am akin to his hopefulness, and then subsequent heartbreak. Mm-hmm. Like to think, oh, something good might come of this, and then just get crushed that kind of i i tried to do better and i put forth that effort and it didn't pay off the way that i hoped it would or wanted it to yeah and that's hard especially for people this is kind of a a deep twist on a funny podcast but people who do battle with addiction that's a hard thing when they're trying to better their lives and it still just doesn't work out the way that they're hoping for it's a it's a bigger blow yeah than stuff like for people who aren't dealing with that dealing that with particular team everything and, yes else. yeah so katie snuck into his parties when she was 15 so i guess i'm assuming he's older than her i wonder if he's wayne's age i i wonder i just need the math <laughs> we need some birthdays with some years attached to them <laughs> and Stuart, i guess used to make mixtapes of his own music which i love because you don't see mixtapes very often yeah. anymore i like that little throwback I guess he used to DJ. I don't know. I would just... Do you think he, like, sang? Or do you think it was more like EDM, keyboard, sound effects kind of music? I feel like it had to be more of that. But I'm just trying to... Of course, I'm getting into the logistics of (laughs) how do you do that and then get it on an actual, like... If it was a cassette tape, if it was a... They call it a mixtape, but it's a CD that you've burned. Yeah. (laughs) We have some listeners, maybe, depending on age, that have no idea what we're talking about right now. <laughs> yeah, burning a, burning CDs. Burning and, your CD from LimeWire oh, or BearShare. Yeah, giving your computer aids just to get oh, those few songs. <laughs> yeah, it was so bad. Oh, that was just part of the life. And, I don't know, I guess this is what prompted him to say, okay, I want to stop and I want to give something else a try. And mm-hmm. that's great, but also, that's always going to be short-lived because if you're doing something for someone for else, someone else it's yeah very true you have you have to decide you want to change for you yeah not for any other reason but because you are doing it for you because if you're doing it for somebody else somebody else and not that katie lets him down but other people let you down your feelings change things like that like it it can't be done for somebody else yeah so because i feel like that would tend to build in ready-made excuses like, oh, well, I was doing this for Katie and then now we're broken. Like, we broke up, so now I'm just There's no reason to keep keep doing it, yes. Okay, so then we go to the ad call. This is just a lot of really short I was going to say, there are a lot of short scenes in this this episode. Yeah. I didn't notice it as much when I was watching it, but now that we're going back and talking about it, it is. There's just like... A lot of little clips, but it's all put together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at the ad call, Wayne delivers ice to McMurray, and McMurray 
is just like selling Bonnie to him. He's all about this Bonnie and Wayne. It's um, almost weird how hard he's pushing it. It's almost kind of creepy how hard he's pushing his little sister onto Wayne. What <laughs> I thought was funny about the scene is like his attention to detail clothing wise. Because this is the second time that McMurray has in-depth described clothes that somebody is wearing. Mm-hmm. McMurray, how are you now? Not bad, you? Not bad. I want to talk to you about something important. Okay. My sister Bonnie's back from college. and She's a damn fine woman. Oh, yeah, I just seen her down at the dollar store there. I ain't sure it was her. I mean, last time I seen her, she was in kind of a DIY maxi dress, but she might have switched that up with a crochet pattern sweater on account of the breeze, maybe autumn foliage or Algonquin green. Okay. And I don't know why that's funny to me. Maybe it's because he only ever wears jeans and a white t-shirt. <laughs> like, ever. That's true. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's why he can pay such close attention to what other people are wearing. And he always would make references to Angie's boyfriend and how he is so over the top, basically, mm-hmm. with what he's wearing. But the fact that you're the one paying attention to it, what does that say about exactly. you? Exactly. This is funny. I guess later on they start getting into how McMurray and Wayne do the how are you now and they can't sync up correctly. But they start this interaction fine and then they get awkward. Yeah, they later start talking over each other, but they realize they start to do it. So they both stop at the same time like, (laughs) oh, no, you go ahead. Oh, no, you go ahead. But it's very mumbly because McMurray is so mumbly anyway. It's hard to understand him sometimes. Yeah, and Wayne is... Not mumbly, but a little bit mumbly. I, well, I, I feel like he gets more when he's around McMurray. Yeah, yeah, and so they're both just kind of, it's almost like gibberish. You can't even decipher any words for a minute, but it's funny. I will say McMurray's being a good brother, though. I mean, good <laughs> on him trying, for, yeah. be, for being a good brother, because he knows what Bonnie wants, and hey. He does. He, know, he knows Bonnie's sweet on Wayne. Hey, save her a dance. She's a good girl. I think you guys would make a good match. He's really, he's, he's in her corner, even if it comes across as a little bit creepy and weird, but <laughs> it's a bit much, but your heart's in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> when they started doing the awkward stagnant talking and, oh, were you going to say, oh, oh yeah. I, I was like, I wrote down, I am these situations. <laughs> this is me. Like if this can describe a person, it's me. Cause I feel so socially awkward all the time. And this is just how I feel in my head constantly. And it, once you start that, it's hard to stop because then you're just like, uh, oh, uh, uh, it just, the awkwardness just takes over. It's the equivalent of trying to get out of someone's way and going, like moving back and forth into their way each time. <laughs> Whenever. So at work, when we were trying to pass each other in the halls and carrying like our linens and our oils and stuff like that, that happens more often than I'd care to admit that it happens. <laughs> And I always just stop and I'm like, we'll figure it out. Like, literally, that's what I say. Because we've, like, tried to pass each other. Bob and weave. Yes. I'm too chunky to do that. That's like (laughs) exercise. I don't do leg day. I love at the end of the awkward situation, Wayne goes, well, all right. (laughs) Because that is, I mean, that happens so much. Yes. And it's such a thing that I do that all the time. Josh and I both 
or on the phone, like especially with relatives, we have a tendency to like, we'll just kind of sit on the phone and then we'll realize like, oh, no one has anything else left to say. <laughs> and so I do that all the time. Well, all right. Okay. Oh, <laughs> well, um, I guess we're going to go now because nothing's happening. That's why I don't have phone call conversations. Do not call me on the phone. Send me a text because it's so much easier to end a text conversation than it is a phone call conversation. <laughs> I just, nobody's good at it. <laughs> It just ends up being awkward every time. <laughs> McMurray's stout. I noticed in this episode in particular, when he's standing here with Wayne and they're kind of, you see the side mm-hmm. of their body. Wayne is obviously in very good shape, but he's even very kind of almost thin compared to McMurray. McMurray's like more stout and stacked than Wayne is. And I noticed it in this scene. There was a line in, did you ever watch that show that Ashton Kutcher just did on Netflix? I can't think of the name of it. I watched it was funny. It had him and the other guy from that 70s show before he got in trouble for his... The Ranch? The Ranch, yes. So anyway, there's a part in it where I always think of him as Hyde. I don't even remember what his name Rooster. His name was Rooster on the show. And Ashton Kutcher is making fun of him for being fat. And he's like, no, I'm country strong. Like, And that's what McMurray reminds me of. He's not a fat. He is muscular, but he is thick. Like, it's almost like... He doesn't he's got like a dress little... right for his body, but then... Again, in this scene, I noticed I was like, wow, he's, I would love to see him and Wayne go at it because it would be, <laughs> that'd be a match worth watching. A good fight. Like yeah. he, he almost has like muscular dad bod <laughs> where like, I imagine if you laid your head on his tummy, that it would be a little bit soft and have some give. Uh, that's a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh my gosh. <sighs> I feel so weird now that I said that, but that's how I picture it. But you could tell that he has like muscles too. Oh, you could cut that whole part <laughs> The whole ep- <laughs> the episode's gonna be called Layer <laughs> End. <laughs> I love a little tubby. <laughs> and I want it to be a little bit soft when I lay my head on it. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just uncomfortable. Exactly. When McMurray is like, So you're gonna save Bonnie in a dance? He says, good enough, which good enough. I'm like, does that mean yes or no? <laughs> I, I, which McMurray says, like, boy" or like, good on you or something like that. So I guess it means, okay, yeah, oh, I'll okay. save her a dance. I think but... I, I missed where he responded, I guess. Uh, but, uh... but he's already promised her he would, so I can't imagine Wayne taking it back anyway. Yeah, I would say that Wayne follows through on even little things like if that. If he's given his word, he's going to do exactly. it. So then we jump to the Skid's basement scene. Devin and Rald are making meth in the basement when Stewart announces he has had an epiphany. He's giving up on the meth business to return to music. He will host a rave to relaunch his career as a superstar DJ. Which is so funny to me that he feels like he had a career as a superstar DJ previously <laughs> to this. And this is just relaunching it. He is coming out of retirement. Exactly. <laughs> and to advertise this... He'll post it on his Ferta. Facebook, and they need and to post it on their Ferta. Facebook. And you. <laughs> well, because that's how you advertise things, is Facebook. That's true. Yeah, that's how I put up uh, this podcast for people to know about. <laughs> exactly. So, hey, all of you out there, we now have a Not My Forte Facebook page, so mm. go follow us and like us on that. Yeah, that was a perfect plug opportunity for us, <laughs> for the people who are already listening to our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. Yeah. Tell everybody. So this is the first real look, I 
think at the skid basement like we've seen small it's always just been small things yeah Um, like maybe a wall or something before but i think we get a real look at it this time i did notice because last time you said there was like faces stamped on the wall and i noticed them in this episode because you had said that last time i was like oh there they are well i wrote down this place is gross i mean obviously it's a meth den (laughs) so there's that so it's about to explode but it's also just gross I guess you have to expect that from, like, teenage 20-year-old guys. And that's what they are. They're, like, teenage 20-year-olds. Yeah. They're, like, those guys who didn't ever quite outgrow that weird adolescent stage of body odor and not quite showering enough and being in the basement not having enough vitamin D from natural (laughs) sunlight kind of stage. Devin is tasting the stash and we get another finger suck i noticed that <laughs> they're in at least the... it wasn't gail yeah that's true or youth group chick i don't know it wasn't much better but yeah. still he really gets in there though that's three finger sucks to five episodes so that's the majority oh my goodness <laughs> um, we'll keep a running tally throughout the course of the series i'm gonna tell you everything i noticed in this basement all right i wrote it down because it's insane <laughs> so there's multicolored christmas lights there's mismatched curtains which is fine three or four area rugs red christmas lights blue tube lights white tube lights a box tv a clown picture which is kind of creepy a paisley couch stamped high heels are on the wall stamped wrestler faces a gold frame picture of a unicorn shooting flames (laughs) yeah tons of lamps bongs meth kit obviously A Sega, a guitar, Guitar Hero drums, and there's a big spiral on the wall in the background. A macrame Japanese dragon head. I missed that, but I'm going to have to go back and look for it now. (laughs) And that's the last thing that I saw. That's crazy. I mean, well, I mean, I'm sure there's more. There's so much in this basement. I consider myself extremely eclectic. Like, I've never really had a theme for like rooms it's been more just like stuff that brings me joy but that's that's next level hodgepodge of weirdness i mean i guess this has been their hangout since they were in high school because no girls have ever hung out in here no this has been their spot since they were probably 13 14 yes and the only evolution that has happened down there is the layers of grodiness that has been added on and then as they incorporated drug usage and making that's been added on to everything else is just still Filth. from youth and accumulated dust and grossness through the years <laughs> we've all been in a place like yes that. like seeing that place gives me some sort of flashbacks from rooms that i've been in that were very questionable when you you almost can feel the dirtiness when you're oh, in there. Oh, it's so gross. It's so And you want to leave and shower just as soon as you can. Do you think they sleep down there? They probably do. I, I know would... later they show a scene of them in sleeping bags down there at some point, but I just kind of wondered if they... You can almost smell that room just like <laughs> through the TV screen. I uh... am already sick <laughs> of that room. Yes. <laughs> but he says, can you taste this? And he says, no. Oh, okay. Can you snort it then? <laughs> well, then can you... <laughs> all right, fine. Then just snort it. <laughs> yeah, like, all right, you don't have to taste it. Just snort it then. 
It's so funny. That's their their logic. Do you think their parents, well, whoever's parents, I guess it's Stuart's basement. No, I mean, I don't. So this is kind of how I imagine it. I always say mom's basement, but I kind of actually picture it like grandma's basement where she's like this old lady who kind of is kind of stuck upstairs. Yeah. Yeah, Like she doesn't do stairs very well anymore. So she's always upstairs. She knows that her grandson probably has some friends that are a little off, but overall they're good boys and they just stay downstairs and do their thing. You know, (laughs) that's how I kind of picture it. Like a kind of naive old lady upstairs that doesn't quite know what's going on in her basement. I would think so too. That's just, that's just how I see it. (laughs) So Stuart's going to be throwing a rave, and he kind of acts like this is a thing that used to happen all the time. I mean, obviously Katie said they had parties, but I can't imagine a rave ever happening in Letterkenny. No, I can't imagine an actual rave the way that he's making this one, like planning this one to be. I picture more like they did something in the basement and there was music, and that's what she snuck into. Yeah. (laughs) Is how I picture his his previous parties being. Gosh, I'd never sneak into that basement. I feel like that's a basement that... You kidnap people and put them in. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the basement you might not come back out of. <laughs> He's throwing rape under all his aliases, though. Which are so... Oh, God. Did you write them down? No, I started to, and then I was like, no, I can't do it. <laughs> so Megan will have them. <laughs> I have a couple. I don't know if I got all of them. I wrote down two specifically because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> wet power nap? And then wet power bottom? White power. Oh. Yeah. Is that what he says? Yeah. That's so much worse. That is so much worse. No. Stop. Okay. I don't like either of those. I know. Because that's when I was like, no, I can't write those down. But, uh, yeah. DJ Pippi Longstocking? That one wasn't as bad. And then I don't remember any of the other ones. All I wrote down was that he still, in this scene, looks rough. He does. Which, I mean, I guess technically he's only been not a meth user for probably, maybe an hour. So. He probably just got back from the clinic. Yeah, and he was pretty messed up at the clinic, so I assume that it did take him a little while to get back home, but if he's not still high, he's probably just barely coming down yeah. from it. Yeah, and they say, put it on your Facebook, and they're pretty intense about their Facebook. Yeah, I do like Devin's little like metal growls that he does when he's talking, like when he just incorporates it into his sentence. <laughs> That makes me chuckle. It makes me laugh just because they think it's cool. Oh, yeah. He thinks it's the coolest thing. Yeah. That's part of his persona. Yes. He's just too cool. McMurray calls Wayne to tell him that the jamboree is canceled as Stuart is renting out the ag hall for the entire week. Wayne objects that agricultural halls are for agricultural music. But then Derry calls asking for a ride from the clinic. So... What is agricultural music? That I'm is... assuming bluegrass is what he's meaning. Okay. All right. Or possibly country slash also I just, bluegrass. I've never heard music described as ag music. Well, I grew up here where there are bluegrass festivals and such, and I have never heard it called agricultural music. That would make the most sense to me, though. But I'm not an expert, so <laughs> if you all know, write us and tell us. What is agricultural music? Is it music uh, strictly about agricultural uh, yeah, right? things? Like, I mean, Songs about grain and whatnot? I wrote down, she said it, because she walks to the barn to tell uh, Wayne that McMurray has been calling him, yeah. and she's wearing a bikini, and it's a rather small bikini. He says, Jesus, Katie, put some clothes on. And she says, 
Not my forte. Not my forte. Unfortunate. uh, Yeah, there it is. And I wrote down, I would love to have a body like Katie, but I love potatoes so much. (laughs) So that's just not going to happen. Yes. I know. Uh, This baby wants carbs. Like literally yesterday, all I wanted was toast. I think literally all I ate yesterday was just toast. I ate like eight pieces of toast yesterday. People sleep on toast. It's very good. Sometimes, man. He's throwing hay, and I'm not sure what the point of it is. Well, I think it's pretty obvious that I'm moving hay bales from here over to here. Although that one's a straw bale. She asked him why, and then he doesn't answer. Maybe just to show that he can. I've never lived on a farm. I've never had to deal with, like, hay and things of that sort. But he is throwing it, and I thought, finally, they're showing him actually doing some work on the farm. But now that you say that, I'm like, was it pointless work on the farm that he was doing? It's moving or, it from one place to another. Yeah. But again, Just kind of why? like across the barn from where it was. Well, I like how he says, moving this hay from here to there, except for that one, that's straw. And I was like, what's, what's the difference? And I wrote it down. <laughs> <laughs> except for that one, it's straw. Hay is grown as a feed crop for cattle or other animals uh-huh. on the farm. Straw is a byproduct of a grain crop like wheat. Huh. Is that like when they separate the wheat from the shaft? Is that like I guess, I, what's I, left over? I think so. Still like couldn't pick it out yeah, in the lineup, <laughs> but there you go. Well, thank you, Wayne. <laughs> and he's got to be pretty hot that the jamboree is canceled for a rave. He's so mad about it. That's yeah. <laughs> what I wrote down. He's so mad. But that I think goes back to just... You know, you said you mentioned they might have been raised kind of Mennonite or one off of Mennonite yeah. and that that strong moral background that he has. Like the ag hall is for agriculture stuff and agriculture music's not for a grave. And he just he's so immediately worked up about yeah. it. Probably because it's Stuart, but not just because it's Stuart, because like almost the thought of having a rave at the ag hall seems Almost like sacrilegious to, to him. sully it. Yeah. yeah, that's more. He's more worried about that than sullying, the, like cussing in church. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, cussing in church doesn't bother him. He, he's filling up that swear jar, but the ag hall—that's a sacred place, and that was funny to me. Katie says when he just hangs up on McMurray, that's no way to get your communications bad. Yeah. and I thought, I wonder if Wayne is a Boy Scout. God, I hope he was. I bet he was. <laughs> he seems very Boy Scout-esque, but then again, if he was brought up in a, like, strictly religious... Yeah, they might family, not have They been. might not have let him. Yeah. I don't know. I wasn't allowed to be a Girl Scout growing up. Oh. Yeah. I... That was never my jam. I never wanted to, to I, do that. I wanted to when I was maybe in, like, third, fourth grade, uh, and I wasn't allowed to. But I almost also feel like Wayne could have been a wonderful Boy Scout, on the other hand... He also could have been one of those kids who was like, the Boy Scouts were just doing everything wrong. Like, that's not how you do it. Let me oh, show yeah. you how you actually do it. Like, no, that's that's not good enough. You need to be, <laughs> you need to be better than that yeah. kind of thing. Very Ron Swanson-esque. <laughs> yeah, very bad. <laughs> I wrote down, Katie's always in a bathing suit, but she never really seems to get tan. No. Well, I mean, it's again, it's got to be cold up there. And yeah. I guess the sunshine still comes out when it's cold, but... Yeah, she, she doesn't seem to be too tan. Maybe it was just the, the day they were filming, because I noticed when the hockey players were out, it kind of looked like a almost Overcast. a cold yeah. day, but maybe it was just that day of filming. And she just likes wearing bathing suits. And that. 
Derry thinks he may have rabies, which he just came from the clinic. Should you not know if you yeah. have rabies? Shouldn't you know that? Shouldn't you the... ask the people that know? If you think so, and again, possums can't give you rabies, side note, but if you did get bit by something, say a raccoon bit you. Yeah. You're supposed to be, you're supposed to jump ahead of rabies. Like you're supposed to start getting yeah. rabies shots before you start showing any symptoms in yeah. order to like stop it. And again, that's total tangent, but yeah, he's been to the clinic. He's still like incoherent and not forming sentences and like can't see and doesn't know where he is. Like, Dare you're about to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I read a story online the other day about something, something to do with a bat, I think. And it had flown out and, I guess hung off of a girl's shirt and then she freaked out and, and then it flew away. Uh-huh. But they even made her get a rabies shot just because she came in such close yeah. contact. Even though, as far it, as she, she can tell, she didn't think actually she touch bit. it. Yeah. yeah, Just watch out for animal bites, people. Yeah. I mean, rabies is a serious issue. It's totally treatable, but you've got to treat it, Derry. <laughs> you can't just wander around <laughs> just drooling <laughs> on yourself. <laughs> That's another uh, episode title. <laughs> <laughs> Too much fun. Wayne plans to wrangle as many possums as he can so he can let them loose and sabotage the rave that Stuart's going to have for advertising for Dairy's new business. They're going to put it on their photo. Facebook. <laughs> Which I love how they draw these parallels between the different groups who at this point still don't like each other. Yeah feel like they're so different from each other but then they have such similarities yeah like the hockey players and the hicks in the last episode and then this one the the skids and the hicks like they still do certain things the same way as much as they like to think that they're completely different mm-hmm. no we'll, we'll put it on our facebooks it surprised me that wayne immediately goes for a sabotage that seems yeah. like below board for him that's what i when I mentioned earlier, he almost is kind of a mean guy. Yeah. It's not even mean, but it just seems like it's not right for Wayne. Wayne's it, character. Yeah. Like, he has stronger character than that. And I guess he made him feel almost like cornered, like he had no other choice mm-hmm. because it was something that was being sprung on him. It did surprise me that it, it seems like a stoop low move, especially yeah. for someone like Wayne. We've talked about how he is very so anti-Stewart, and Stewart just kind yeah. of makes him fly off the handle. Yeah, it, a little bit. <laughs> it might just send him over the edge to this point, but I, I was very surprised. Too. Yeah, he, maybe he felt it was like a last resort. He says, what's the fuss? <laughs> Derry says, good and you. <laughs> <laughs> Derry, you are incoherent. <laughs> Go back to the clinic. <laughs> And Wayne's got a really nice truck. I don't know what kind of was. I was just like, <laughs> it was nice. just big and black and pretty. <laughs> okay, so this jumps back to the hockey players at the res. Tannis, Axe, and Slash. I didn't even know they had names. But, <laughs> I didn't either. But they are sidekicks. They, yeah, they tell Riley and Jonesy that Letterkenny's gone to meth. And then they exchange chirps. And then the rookie vomits, which, ugh, again. Tannis. I love Tannis. I'm so happy she's finally here. She is the baddest bitch ever, and I want her to be my friend. Okay, we're not there yet, but (laughs) the next episode, I get a little mad at her, but she does develop into such a kick-ass character. She can be mean, yeah, but that's part of what I like about her. Yeah. Like, Well, next episode, she's really mean to Stuart. Yeah, she's pretty mean. But um, not that he doesn't deserve. But they talk about them having the native flu, and she talks about him having the native flu. Then it's 
almost like a, a moment the hockey players when she says Letterkenny's gone to meth, like everybody knows that. Yeah. They didn't know that. They really didn't. Uh, they, they were so surprised. And like at first they were insulted just thinking that she was trying to be mean yeah. or like low blow them. Oh yeah. But then it's like, wait a second. Is Letterkenny a meth town? Like, oh, yeah. And Stuart. <laughs> and it's like a realization thing for them. We talked about how they didn't notice they weren't getting playing time. Yeah. They really just live in their own little bubble, their precious little bubble. <laughs> and Tannis just popped it. I think in this scene, you can really tell, again, the restrictions on the budget because they're filming by a dumpster. Next, yeah, and the freeway. And, and the freeway. It feels like a very real, it doesn't feel like a stage kind of place. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, here we are outside the, this hockey place. Yeah. It feels like they're in a real spot. Yeah. yeah. You never see a bus. No. So I'm sure so they didn't hire a bus. <laughs> and then Tannis is just in a white tank top and pants. Mm-hmm. Her, I guess, slash and X. I swear I didn't know that they I, had names. I don't know that they ever mentioned their actual names. But they have spit. It's like a spitter off. That's what I wrote <laughs> down. It's, a sp- <laughs> it's so gross. But it's like the hockey player equivalent. I like that she says, you better watch that bark. It might get bit. <laughs> when she said look at this bowl of fruit salad. And Riley says, you want to taste Tannis? And I was like, that's a pretty good turnaround <laughs> that there. That was a nice little comeback. <laughs> and I wonder how old she is. I want to say... Again, I guess we're never going to know, but maybe, let's, let's I speculate. I feel like she's Wayne's age, maybe a year or two older. Yeah. Like, she's not old, but she's not Bonnie McMurray young. Yeah. And she holds her own. I love, I love Tannis. She's one of my favorites. <laughs> when she tells... R and J that their bark might get bit. Riley says, "You're drunk. Mix in a water." <laughs> <laughs> mix in a water. <laughs> I, I heard him say that. I didn't write it down, but no, that is that's great. Mix in a water. <laughs> you got to stay hydrated. And then Josh, you have to plug this audio when they go into what they're gonna do in the game. It is the absolute best, best, best. <laughs> Look at this bowl of fruit salad. You want to taste, Tannis? We'll see what you're calling us after I bury a couple of bar down wristers. Half clapper, top cheddar. Biscuits, top titties, bar down skis. Always bar down ski. Pull out the guns. Safety's off. Fucking safety off, boys. Well, three on one ski. Well, three on two ski. I'm a high hard one. So hyping on what they're about to do in the game and the shots they're going to make and stuff. Did you hear all the things they said? I heard, like, some of it was... A little bit fast, but I was trying to read all the subtitles as it went. Oh yeah, I need to. I need to start watching it. With you have to watch it with subtitles. Like I feel like I would miss so incredibly much if I wasn't being able to read what they're saying I, at the same time. <laughs> I have to listen and pause and uh, listen and pause, which is probably. I mean, and then go back and I'll I'll listen and watch the whole thing normally. But they say bar down wristers, <laughs> half clap or top cheddar. Biscuits, top titties, bar down skis. Always bar down skis. Always bar down Safety's off. And then they go. <laughs> like they're really taking the safety off. They're little hockey sticks. That's so cute. They're adorable. And I was like, what the Herda. does this mean? But I found out that. So biscuits, the puck. Okay. Top titties means the little bumps on the puck or on the top. So there's, I guess there's. I little, didn't even know there was bumps on a. I think there's bumps on the on the bottom part. So I think it's like saying that it's upside down. Huh. So biscuits top titties means bumps up on the puck, and then it hits the bar on the top and goes in. 
Wow. Biscuits, top titties, bar down skis. This has been Vocabulary Corner with Meg. And then Slash and Axe, they do like a back and forth that's obviously very intimidating to them, but it kind of reminds me of Ronnie and Daxie, which we haven't met yet. But, <laughs> but they say something like, Little Furda, me, Little Furda, you. And I was like, that's Ronnie and Daxie's thing, they always say. Yeah, none of their threats are overly intimidating, yeah. I think, but I do like hearing them with their back and forth. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen a bigger group of the guys from the res. Mm-hmm. And we don't even see like a pretend game. There's Yeah, there's no hockey play time in yeah. this episode. The hockey players part is about the game that they're going to play, their away game that they have, but they never actually play in this in this episode. Logistically, I see why, because it would be renting out the arena one more time, hiring a lot of extras, making up a new team jersey and all that stuff you have to pay for. Just like a lot of extra money spent. So I get why they didn't do it. And then we jump to Devin calling Stuart, realizing they were missing $2,000. And Stuart's like, oh, no biggie, because he's taking that for rave expenses. (laughs) $2,000 in Letterkenny, which displeases Devin and Ralt. Which they talk about how it's a lot of money. And $2,000 is a lot of money. But when I think about how much it would cost to throw a rave with the equipment needed, lights, decoration that's probably not even the right word but decorations Mm. security and all this stuff that's way more than two thousand dollars yeah like it seems like if he was buying equipment for a rave just like a good soundboard and speakers and everything like that it would be way more than two thousand dollars and he does have security do you notice that i did yeah (laughs) Yeah, i was like he did i have that later on in my notes (laughs) that there is there's security there and I love that he's sitting. It's not even a counter. They're like individual sinks. And he's, and he's on sitting it. on it. I was just While like, bedazzling his outfit. <laughs> That's why I was like, is he putting sequins on his blazer? Yes, but there's not even a flat surface that he's working on. That's not the surface you want to bedazzle something on. I wouldn't sit full body on a sink anyway. I no. mean, he's, I'm sure he's fine. But like, I wouldn't trust myself Should on I'd a sink. break that sink right off the wall. <laughs> When we cut to Devin, it makes it look like he's doing communion over his meth. Because he, he's doing the Catholic cross thing again. <laughs> he's got to bless that meth. And he's got the rave music in the background. And I was like, oh, this is just, again, oh. his his thing. Yeah, and when he calls, he says Stuart's name in his death metal voice. <laughs> and then he immediately Stuart. goes to, oh, hey, we're missing $2,000. It's like a whole, you would not imagine that those voices came out of the same person. Yeah. It, it's funny to me. Because it, it switches to very calm very yes. quickly and almost very businesslike. Yeah. And <laughs> almost a little like soft-spoken. And, yeah. But yeah, very different from a death metal scream. <laughs> and he wears glasses very well. It's he does. very cute. <laughs> he does because it all, he like, he almost does look like he could be a nice little businessman who yeah. is balancing his books and finding discrepancies and inquiring about those. It just happens to be about raves and meth and death metal, you know? <laughs> well, I have a note that how are these guys business savvy enough to save up? They obviously had more than $2,000, so... Yeah, it doesn't seem like they'd be able to hang on to that. I don't know. It just seems <laughs> like if you're doing it and you're selling it both, 
money is probably going to be precarious. Yeah, also product. I mean, and I am not super knowledgeable about how all of that works. I've watched Breaking Bad. That's about as deep as my knowledge goes. But it seems like if you're making it and selling it, you shouldn't be using it. Yes. Because if you're a user, you're going to use up all of your product and not have anything to sell. So that's, I don't know, another little tangent. But again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't take business tips from us. You don't smoke your stash. (laughs) So this is the start of something that bothers me that it kind of sticks with Stuart for a little bit Mm -hmm. later on in the series. He does this talking. It's like with his teeth. It's like he's cold and he's talking through his teeth. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and it's almost like a shiver, like... Oh. Not quite Hannibal Lecter, but yeah, you were very close just now what you did. Yeah. Yes. And it, it bothers me. I just, like you know, we said before, Josh hates food eating noises. That's a, that's a thing that bothers me. I, I don't like it. If he had been a heavy meth user, this is what, a day or two after he talked to yeah. Katie? He's probably still not got stuff out of his system. Yeah. I mean, he's probably still in a, a, detoxing stage so that's it could be like a, a detox side effect of didn't it didn't think about that his hopes are so high he really i think he truly like in his heart of hearts the depths of his soul thinks this is going to be the most amazing town changing eye-opening magical thing how does he describe it <sighs> i wish i had written that down he has the, the building for all week a whole how, week how do you practice a rave i mean i get setting up But even concerts happen, they put it up in a day. Yeah. What are you doing for the week? That was my thought, that he has it for an entire seven days. And McMurray's like, I I don't know. like (laughs) It's money, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Which, again, Stuart tends to be a bit over the top about everything and very dramatic. So that's just, I think, in his head, a way of building it up to be even bigger in reality than it actually is. But to him, it's worth it. The entire week rented out. Yeah. Like, oh, I had to rent out this hall for the entire week for my rave. Is <laughs> just something for him that adds to it. Like you said, it makes so much sense to him. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I'm going to rent it out for the whole week because this is going to be the best thing Yeah, ever. like, why wouldn't I rent it out for the whole week? Why wouldn't I take the $2,000 that we had set aside? You know, that's just how it is. I thought we were going to get away with not seeing Gail this episode. <laughs> and false. Oh, and she... <laughs> I will say, for as gross as she is in this short amount of time, she's been worse than the other episodes. Yes. So it's she's gross, but it's short lived, and then we're done. So, yes. <laughs> Gail saw Derry's ad for pest removal service on Facebook and asked them to remove a skunk from Modine's. Derry asks Wayne to take care of it after they talk about skunks for a little bit and get all that. This is another fun one of info uh, out there. Wayne's random knowledge. Would you not know skunks are immune to bee stings? They even teach their babies how to raid beehives. Well, they burrow up for the winter and rip on each other to keep warm. They go to mate as soon as they leave their mums. You know they're probably thinking about her during sex. That or their brothers and sisters, which is even more inappropriate. And this one, I don't have any knowledge of skunks, so I, I can't like... say true or false, but he has some random knowledge about skunk Are we going to have to fact check him on this? Too? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna Maybe to... previously on, I'm going to have to come back with a bunch of skunk facts. The only thing I know about skunks is that there are a few people here that keep them as pets. They get the their, stinker gland. <laughs> they get their stinker taken out. <laughs> That's the medical term for yeah, it. That is the scientific name. Does she get negative three points for pest 
issues at Modine's. The fact that there's skunks living in and under the restaurant. That's Yeah, we'll say. We'll say she's down to 92 now. Okay. And she's only in this episode for a very short amount of time. So. <laughs> but good on her. She's doing a juice cleanse. What she says she hasn't had she, a drink in three days. Yeah. And you're like, oh, that's good. And then she turns into Gail. Yeah. <laughs> and it all is downhill from there. That stuff she's drinking looks nasty. It does. It does not look like juice. She's sneaking something else in with it. If you're playing the drinking game, they snuck a, a fluff in there yeah. almost so you'd take a shot. Oh, Wayne. It was Wayne, too. Let me down, Wayne. How does Wayne so- know so much about skunks is my question. But <laughs> right. I guess he just knows a lot of weird stuff about yeah, he just, But again, he's misinformed about possums. You so. are misinformed about possums. So we'll see. We'll see if you're playing it fair for the skunks or not. <laughs> Do you think Derry's just scared... I don't know, because, I mean, he wasn't scared of the possum. And if I was going to be scared of either a skunk or a possum, it would be the possum. But he's scared of the skunk and asked Wayne to do it. So I wonder if he's just scared because he did get bit last time. But he got bit, and then he was like, oh, I think I'm going to start up this business. I know. So it seems strange to me that he was like, oh, I've started up this business, Um, but maybe could you grab this one? Maybe know. he doesn't want to get sprayed. But I don't know. He's always stinky anyway. Uh, yeah, he's already <laughs> always in his stinky barn clothes anyway, so that, I don't know. I think he's maybe a little bit afraid of getting bit again. Getting that double rabies going on. <laughs> yeah. Another quick clip. Devin's mad about the collapse of the Skidsmith business. It's apparently not going good. I guess Stuart's like the brains behind it and the taste behind the, it. The, yeah. I. Hmm. And he decides they need to sabotage Stuart's rave. They decide to spread a rumor that the ag hall has asbestos. And that's not being a very good friend. No, not at all. And like I said, it seems strange for Wayne to stoop to sabotage. It doesn't seem out of their realm for the skids to stoop, but it was kind of like, oh, that's your buddy. That's your, yeah. that's one of your people. Don't do it to your people. Especially seeing how Rald and Stuart are so close later on. It's mm-hmm. disappointing to see him just be like, yeah, we'll do this. Just kind of go Stuart along now. with it. Yeah. I didn't like how fast they turned on him. It seems like they would have each other's backs a bit more. And I know that they were mad at Stuart for taking that money and for deciding to get out of meth and things like that. But I get being mad. It almost seems like one of those times in your friend's life. It's like, hey, you're trying to better yourself as a person. Let's cheer you on for that. And that's me. Like, I'm like, yeah, all right. Good for you. Yeah. Not, oh, let's sabotage this. So he comes back to make it about me. Yeah. Yeah. So that I I even put a sad face. (laughs) (laughs) This is how you make me feel. Sad face. In the background, there's a tiger face and a scroll that says, please go further. Please. Yeah. And I did notice the wrestler face stamped on the wall yeah. all over behind uh, Devin in that scene. They must have had fun making this props. Decorating that area. <laughs> I put down this show's very anti-Facebook. <laughs> there's like, I'm going to put it on our Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> That's because they did away with the other page, so they have to go back to just using regular Facebook now. I guess, and they're not here for it. <laughs> so the next quick scene is Stuart visits Katie at the farmhouse to invite her to the rave which I guess is happening that night when he's inviting her Mm -hmm. and assures her that she will be accommodated despite the very large crowd predicted. I love his heart. I just... I can't. It it hurts my feelings. And then Wayne comes around and sees it. And Wayne just starts going off and he calls him a Chris Angel mind freak. I didn't notice that. (laughs) And... He's telling, like, basically, like, again, the ag hall's for ag music. It's not for Furda. Yeah. And he's so worked up about it, man. He is just, he. it's almost like the ag hall 
is more of like his church to him than <laughs> yeah. actual churches. You yeah. know, it's like his sacred place and you don't mess around with the sacred place. You know, they have some back and forth. Well, I thought originally maybe he didn't have anywhere else to go, but then Wayne lists off all these other places he could have used. Yeah, he does. And which makes me think that it isn't so much that Stuart's having rape. It's that it's at the egg hall. Yeah. That's what pisses him off. So and much. that's kind of his place. Yeah. Stuart says he needs the bigger space because it's going to be so many people in such a grand, large event. And he calls them spare parts. <laughs> you really are spare parts, aren't you, bud? Yeah. Katie says she'll try to come. And does, does Stuart try to touch her then? Like, touch he, her hand? He, he or does, touch... He's like, I really hope to see you there. And he goes to just touch her arm. Uh, yeah. And, and Wayne gets scary for a second. He does. <laughs> he tells him to back up. He's... And then he straight picks up a porch chair and just throws it at and he misses so he gets the other one (laughs) and he runs around the house and he throws it i love seeing wayne worked up because he's always so calm like we talked about in like the first episode where they're trying to antagonize him and he still stays calm yeah he's calm and he's good through all of it and then even when he's uh the second episode where people are challenging about the toughest guy position and he's fighting these people and then immediately is calm but man yes. he is set off on yes. Stuart. like he is livid. because he almost touched his sister's arm yes. like crazy and he counts down like a mom <laughs> who's about to whip somebody. yes this kid's ass is about to get whipped i don't care that we're in the middle of walmart you are about to get whipped and <laughs> It's like, all right, first you take my ag hole and then you have a rave in my ag hole. And now you're over here talking to my sister, which don't even, I don't even want you talking to her. Yeah. Then you try to touch her. I'm like, I'm throwing this chair at you. (laughs) I just love it. He says, watch your hands, Skid. (laughs) It's funny because Katie just kind of lets Wayne be pissed. Uh (laughs) She's just kind of there. And she, she does tell him that she'll try to come by. And I like the fact that she does, and yeah. that's a little bit later on, but it's not like she... She doesn't full-on commit, but then she does mm-hmm. try to yeah. go. I think what antagonizes Wayne later on, he's mad that Seward's there, but Seward almost antagonizes him back because he's like, yeah, there's going to be drugs at my thing. Yeah. There's at your ag hall. MDMA and LSD and PCP and... <laughs> And UFC. And UFC. <laughs> and then he calls him a shirt tucker. <laughs> like it's... <laughs> like it's a bad thing. Yeah, like it's just like such an insult, you shirt tucker. <laughs> I love... I put a little heart. He always calls Katie beautiful. He, he does. He's really beautiful. And Katie says, well, you look better. Better. Which is nice because of all the things Katie is, she does tend to be fairly honest when she's talking yes. to people. You know, so she couldn't say like, you look good. But he did look better than he did yes. when she saw him at the clinic. And she recognized that he was putting forth some effort yes. to try to be better. And he did look the tiniest bit better. Yeah. <laughs> he could at least see some. He had some trouble getting up the stairs or yeah. like that one stair he had to come <laughs> up. But he, he did look a little better, yeah. I hate that he said you can come find me through the crowd. And my, I mean, just, I, didn't, I didn't even know the rest of the episode beforehand, but I, my heart just hurt right then. I know. Stuart tells Katie that he's been sober for a week, and that's when Wayne says, "You're spare parts, aren't you, bud?" Which kind of makes me mad because I'm like, "Well, damn it, Wayne! He's trying. Like he's, he's doing he's something. Trying. He's trying. Yeah. A week is better than nothing. Fine, throw a chair at him, but like, wait till he tries to touch Katie. So I think that's when he, <laughs> he does. So yeah, it's like, all right, 
you have worn down my acceptance of you being here because it was pretty low to start with and yeah. it's, it's gone now. So we jump back to the hockey arena where Riley and Jonesy, they look pretty beat up. Yeah, I love that they, <laughs> they do. They look like they've been in a fight, not in a hockey game. Yeah. Like, they look like they straight up just got punched in the face a few times. But they're more mad about Letterkenny being labeled as a meth town mm-hmm. and they start to plot revenge on Stewart. And then coach. He's mad about the performance at the game and tells them that they'll have practice at 6 a.m. He's talking to them, or he's yelling at them. And it's like, what? Do you want to be dropped off the splash pad on the way home? No <laughs> running on the deck. And he's like talking to them like they're like five-year-olds. Yeah. And then he calls them pheasants and says that they're embarrassing. And I just I, love him. He, he steals a scene often, too. Yeah. He's like a Glenn. Glenn is so sassy he can't help but steal a scene because he's just so funny and sassy this guy can't help but steal a scene because he's like shouting and screaming and throwing things nobody else could have a chance to be noticed while he's doing this that's true he just walks in and said well that was garbage garbage. (laughs) (laughs) there's no pep talk from this coach it's not like all right boys we'll try harder next time you know we'll practice well it's like you guys are sure and i love it it's embarrassing i mean again like you said there's no pep talk he leaves on that note that he is embarrassed of you like you guys are the worst you're just horrible and then we have that little tiny like the very last thing is shorzy that little clip it felt out of place to me like it did i didn't know if he was talking to the other players or if he was talking to the coach yeah me either i think it was just thrown in there after the fact so shorzy was included yeah but that's the first time after shorzy says something that they kind of yell at him like shorzy I can't see the hockey players getting up at six. I mean, I don't know when they're normal practices, they but they seem like a nappies. sleep until noon yeah. kind of guy. Especially those two. Yeah. Which is why they don't get much playtime. <laughs> so we jump back to the night of the rave. Stewart's pepping himself up in the bathroom here. It's like intercut with him walking and he's like almost out onto the stage at the ag hall. And it is pretty hyped up. You know, music is thumping yeah. and there's like fog and stuff and you suited up man those eyelashes are something it takes a special kind of person to pull off eyelashes like that and he has full makeup on too yeah he's putting on that that like glitter lipstick yeah yeah. and he's got the top hat and the coat and my only note is poor (laughs) stewart i know well i hate that mirror kiss he's hyping himself up it makes me feel like he is on something i know he's supposedly not at this point well he might not be on meth but he might be on he does tell Katie that he's clean and sober so that to me would mean he's not on anything maybe he's high on excitement for this show and that's why you have to do it for you because he's good for 45 seconds and then that's done yeah because he walks out and the ad calls empty with only Bonnie and Katie and hired security security. (laughs) it's it's totally empty Bonnie's just there because she thinks Wayne's gonna come yes I almost thought well maybe she didn't realize the jamboree was canceled, but McMurray would have told her, so. Yeah, she could have just thought it was still Wayne's thing, but I think she was just literally only hoping to see Wayne. To see Wayne. And then all these giant, beefy yeah. security guards. We see where just... all that money went. Yeah. <laughs> so there's security, there's ropes, there's the fog, the lights, and the stage. And then there's decor that's like a... It's like mushrooms. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever been to... And I've never been, but uh, seen the Electric Forest. I know what you're talking about. I've never been to it. I have been to a few raves, though. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been to a rave. I've been to clubs 
that are rave-like. <laughs> I have a friend who yearly goes to the Electric Forest. Like, it's just... Yeah. It's like her Bonnaroo. Yeah. That's what she does. That's what that was kind of reminiscent mm-hmm. of to me. And of course, I've never been. I was going to say, uh, you got to an electric no, forest? No, no, that, That's so cool. I am so square. <laughs> I, I used to go to, oh, what's it called? Warped Warp Tour. Tour. Warp oh, Tour. that's my jam. Yeah. I'm not a mosh person, but I loved Warp Tour. I love jumping around. Like, I couldn't now, I'm sure. The last concert I went to was in Mumford and Sons and we had seats and I was super happy that we had seats. <laughs> yeah. And then when they started playing, the people in front of us stood up and I was like, God dang it. I wanted to sit through this show. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I used to love being in the middle of a crowd and jumping around and yeah. throwing elbows and stuff. I am not a throwing bows kind of girl, but so like when that kind of stuff would start to happen, I would slowly like you would back move up. back. I loved being right in the middle of that stuff. Yeah. But I didn't go to like the more hardcore bands. I so Mayday Parade's my favorite band. Oh, I, I like Mayday Parade, <laughs> and that's just in, me and my feelings, you know. So <laughs> it's not as much like let's start a mosh pit. It's like let's cry about something. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I can't imagine that you went to Warp Tour and didn't jump around a little I, bit. Though. I did, yeah. but like when it started getting like Wall of Death type stuff Wall going, of death, yes, <laughs> I didn't. I, I did not participate. Desiree always pissed me off because she's so little and she can like bob and weave and get in between oh, people. Yeah, yeah, and just like wheel her way through the crowd. <laughs> and I, I was just like, I'm taller and like not a big girl, but I was like, you know, I couldn't. Like, Anybody's big compared to Desiree. Yes. Yeah. she she's she's so petite and little and tiny and Desiree, I love you so much. She could just like she could probably pass she under people's legs if she wanted to. Yeah. to get right up front because it was just like, shoop, she's right up there. That's when you have to hold her hand and just let her blaze your trail. <laughs> and then you just, oh, oh, hey, sorry, no, man, I'm with her. And you get your <laughs> way up there. I had a good friend. Well, he's still a good friend, but uh, named Chris in I, I remember college. Chris because I couldn't, I, I didn't believe that was his real name when I first met him. Yes. I had never really heard like EDM music <laughs> before. He took me to a club one time, and that was what they were playing. And he had glow sticks, nice. and it was just—it was a lot. I was like, "Oh, this is like I see what you see now. Yes. This is what this is about." And I tell you what, like, so Nate, when we first met, was very into dubstep. Yeah. Like he loved that kind of thing. Whereas I was more like rock before that, and yeah. I still never really got super into it. But we yeah. did go to quite a few things together that were very like glow stick esque. Yeah. At one, I remember, <laughs> as soon as we got there. And it was one of those nights that I had bartended that night, so it was really late. I was tired. It was kind of one of those things like, all right, let's go for a little bit, and then we'll go home. And this girl came up to me, and I remember I was always one of those shoe complimenters. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I love your shoes. Mm-hmm. Whether I was drunk or sober or any mad, angry, yeah. I was a shoe complimenter. And she had on the greatest shoes. And I said, oh, I love your shoes. She said, thank you. You need some glitter in your life. And legit took out this salt shaker and shook it right in my face. And I had, I mean, it didn't come out like salt. It came out like a cannon. And it was like in my hair, on my face, on my clothes. It got in my purse. It was like almost... An assault? Yes. It was like a, a, a bad comedy movie moment when they're yeah. like covered in flour or cocaine. Yeah. You know, something like that where they're just covered in it and like, shocked. oh, I didn't want this. Yeah, like I opened my mouth and my eyes and just like the whites of my eyes were all you could see because I was so covered in glitter. And I think that's what Stuart was going for <laughs> for this poor rave. And then Katie looks so uncomfortable because you can you can tell she feels bad for him, but she also just like, she doesn't quite know what to do. Like, yeah. she, 
she's there, but nothing's going to make it better. Yeah. And so she looks so awkward and uncomfortable. Yeah. And she very rarely looks uncomfortable. She usually f- seems like she's totally in her element no matter what she's doing. She's always very composed. Yes. And she she just looks sad for she's him. She's trying to be there and be supportive for him because he's doing this thing that is not a positive yeah. thing in his life. <laughs> exactly. And I'm still pissed that his friends supposedly did this to him. Mm-hmm. Or is it... Maybe just that no one would have come anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, because Letterkenny's not too much of a rave kind of town. But, but then again, you, on the other side of that, what else is there going on in yeah. Letterkenny? So. Yeah, so I feel bad for him. And then, like you said, Bonnie's there too. This is kind of a redeeming moment for Wayne in this episode for me, because he gets there, and he's there with his whole cart of critters set to loose them to ruin his rave. And then he realizes he doesn't have to ruin the rave because the rave is already ruined. Like, yeah. it's just not even happening. And so Bonnie sees him and says, hi, Wayne. And he kind of just starts to walk away to go put the critters back in the car. But it's almost like he realizes, hey, that was a dick thing that I was about to do. Yeah. And this guy doesn't need any more dick things done to him. And then Bonnie's still there just hoping for an answer. <laughs> she just hopes that Wayne shows uh-huh. up. And Stuart looks so sad. He just puts his head down and turns yeah, around he, and goes He doesn't away. play any music. He doesn't acknowledge that katie yeah. is there he yeah. just you can see like the devastation in his face uh, it, it, it breaks my heart because i'm like you i'm very empathetic that's why i hate watching stuff like jackass i uh, hate watching stuff where other people are hurt or get played tricks on yeah it hurts my feelings yeah that was sad for Stuart. Josh makes fun of me because he's... <laughs> I watch things like Grey's Anatomy or something that... You know, there's tons of episodes that are... I, I watch one today. Episode. He's like, you hurt your own feelings. <laughs> uh, sometimes you just have to have that emotional release. So yeah. I, I downloaded Apple TV literally just to watch Tom Holland's new movie. Feel that. I got the, the free week mm-hmm. and then canceled it. <laughs> is it Cherry? Yeah. No. It's really good. He's definitely not Spider-Man in it. It no. is not a Spider-Man movie. It's hard to watch. And that was another one. It was really hard to watch and yeah. have all these feelings. But while I had Apple TV, I watched a show. It's got Jennifer Aniston in it. It's called The Morning Show. Mm-hmm. It was really good. The last, like two or three episodes i just cried through the whole and it could be my pregnancy hormones yeah but a lot of it is just i always tell scarlet good music good books good movies and tv shows they should make you feel something so sometimes you get angry sometimes you get sad i cry so many movies and shows (laughs) it's just like unreal even when i'm not pregnant i cry all the time on movies and shows but this it does it really stirred my sadness for Stuart because you can tell how hard he tried he really did he put everything that he could into this including his money all of his money money. all of his yes he he stopped doing drugs so he could do this thing and he believed in it that's what i think made me the most sad you know when somebody does something and doesn't quite work out it's like all right you move on he genuinely believed in this thing only to have it turn out this way and it was sad and we'll talk about it in a second but like makes him do a complete 180 yeah and even harder go back into yeah, it's, his yes. drug business. Wayne leaves. He goes back out to his truck. He's accosted in the parking lot by the hockey players who are looking for Stuart. And he says that, well, the rave's canceled and the hockey players don't believe him. They're just ready for a fight anyway. So they're ready to scrap. But the coach drives up and tells them to get home. They're f***ing embarrassing. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they're just so embarrassing to this guy. And again, so that's, it's kind of redeeming for Wayne because one, he doesn't 
feel the need anymore to try to sabotage Stuart. He sees that, like, don't kick him while he's down, basically. Yeah. He sees that Stuart's already down. And then when the hockey players come, he tells them to go home. Because, again, you don't need to kick him while he's down. Exactly. This is done. And he kind of is a bit harsh with the hockey players. He gets scary for a second. Yeah, a couple times in this episode. Yeah. But yeah, right here. And then Derry steps in. He says, he's not going to tell you twice or he doesn't threaten twice or something like that. Yeah. And it makes you, it, it does give him a second of pause. But um, but then they act like they think they can take it. Yeah. And my thought was, you absolutely cannot. I don't care how many more uh, of you. It was to say there's like, there's seven of us and two of you. Yeah. Let's have a Donnybrook, fellas. Tilly Tom. <laughs> and I love that, that word, Donnybrook. And then the coach. You guys, curfew is in 10 minutes. Get home. Freaking embarrassing. And then he just speeds off and like yeah. shoots gravel everywhere. <laughs> He's great. Oh, and uh, when they're going to leave the hockey players say this isn't over and way says jinx and it you see how seriously these guys take jinx because they didn't they won't say anything else. <laughs> but it's just like damn it he, every time because <laughs> they're the same person and they always say the same thing at the same time and then mcmurray gives him a call about bonnie like hey i know bonnie's there just go on and just give it to her. I, I like McMurray is so inappropriate about his sister because at first he is kind of like, oh, big brother, like, hey, you know, I think you guys would be good together. I think yeah. you guys should date. Make sure you save her a dance. And now he's like, just it's it's so inappropriate. He's was, inviting Wayne to like, have sex with her and just like run her guts or something like that. He says something oh, that's just... I didn't hear... I don't he remember that. It's just vile sounding. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man, this is your little sister. Stop trying to force that to happen. Even if it's what she wants to happen, it's not up to you to say things like that. That was my last note, was just how inappropriate memory is. <laughs> the last, very, very last scene is the basement scene. A demoralized Stuart returns to the basement... The other skids cower as he inspects their product and deems it a grotesquerie. They are enthused, however, to hear that the DJ product is off. Instead, they're going to make Letterkenny the biggest meth town in the country. And I hate that's what they get so excited about. Like, it really does bum me out. I'm sad that Stuart, again, like you said, it's not just a 180. It's like a 180 and then as deep into it as he can get. And but I'm kind of pissed and I want to know if he knows what they did. I don't know. Like, if he knew about their sabotage, yeah. if that would change how he felt about it. I yeah. hope, I'd like to think it would. They are just the worst friends. I mean, Rald gets better later. And I know that this is for the plot for the yeah. next episode, but... But still. still. It's, it is. It's sad. It's sad for Stuart. It's disappointing. It's sad for... Like, because... I don't know. And again, this is a comedy TV show. But I think about, like, the, the rest of his life. Like, this could affect the rest of his life. Yes. He could have turned it around. Maybe he, he maybe he could have gotten married and had a happy life and, like, kids and been, you know, some sort of successful, functioning individual. And they just dragged him back down into the life. And it's upsetting. It is it upsetting. Is. Come on, letter, Kenny. <laughs> they treat it, though, as though Stuart's back in the same way that they treated wayne's back in episode one that's a parallel i didn't draw but you are correct to fighting they're like all right he's back to doing what he does kind of yeah thing. and yeah it, again it's what sad. he does sucks but yeah that is true that is a that is a good parallel between the two and another way that they are similar as much as they are different they have those kind of similarities it just so happens that stewart's things drugs and yeah. wayne's things wayne's fighting beating the crap out of other yeah. people 
What did you think of I'm a Big Girl Now song in the background? I didn't notice it. You didn't it. notice no, it? No, I don't. I like you pay such good attention to those little things that just <laughs> I just miss. Well, it's a DJ type mix and it just repeats over and over. I'm a big girl now. I'm a big girl now. <laughs> oh my God. You'll have, to, you'll have to look back, but it's called DJ Donna Summer by Such Language, I think, according to that was just a Google search. So who's to say, but that's what came up. And biggest meth city in the country seems like I Canada's, mean, Canada's the huge. That's, yeah. That's a big undertaking. For a town of only 5,000 people. And I just don't want that for them either. I don't either. I don't want it for all of Letterkenny. I don't want it for Stuart. But that's the the big cliffhanger. We kind of zoom in on Stuart's face. Getting hype on making Letterkenny the meth capital of Canada. And you can hear in our voices how hyped up we are about it. Not a fan. (laughs) I know your feelings are hurt, Stuart. But this is not how you fix it. Better life decisions. And so that's the whole episode. That's kind of a bummer place to leave this episode on. It is. Sorry we ended it on a bum note. We did. But the series finale ends on a really fun note. So that's true. So that's next true. episode will be exciting. So I guess all that's left is, uh, what's the scoop? What's the scoop? It's not a lot of news, but two very cool things all happened. All right, all right. Fill me in. Last time. So... The Canadian Screen Award nominations were announced. Oh, yes. Yes. And so Letterkenny is nominated for Best Comedy Series. Yay! Yay! Congratulations! And then Jared Kiso is nominated for Best Lead in a Comedy Series. I know. Oh, God. I hope he gets that. Well... Who's he against? Like, do you know who he's up against? I'm going to say Schitt's Creek's been sweeping the they're, awards season and they're Canadian. And so they're, they're also nominated. Uh, it's going to be a hard fight because I knew, like, I know Schitt's Creek is like, they've, they've finished the show. Yes, it's done. They're done. I, so I didn't know where this award show fell on. Yeah. Like if it, okay. So they're, it, included, they are nominated. I think uh, that's, uh, this might be the first time letter. Kenny's ever been nominated I think so. I would be Schitt's okay Creek is a with, hard one to beat, with Schitt's Creek getting it and yeah. Letterkenny getting it next year. Yeah, Jared Kiso deserves one. He's so funny. Dan Levy has a special place in my heart. Though. I know, and he's <laughs> up against both Dan and, and um, Eugene. And Eugene, that's a hard one to beat. Oh my like, heart we'll for just, Eugene. We'll let Schitt's Creek just go ahead and finish finish out strong. They deserve everything that they get. And then, and then Letterkenny, yeah. your time will come as much as I love Letterkenny. I think yeah. that we'll be hearing about Letterkenny in the same way that we hear about Shit's Creek as far as like getting these type of mm-hmm. awards, hopefully within the next year, yeah. at least. I know that Shit's Creek's a little bit more feel good. And I love Letterkenny, but God, I love Shit's Creek. They created such a wonderful world and Dan Levy and... Especially if you have friends, children, anything like that, that see themselves like him. I just, I love it. Yes. I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Letterkenny. I, love... I got off on a Shit's Creek tangent. We still love you, Letterkenny. <laughs> yes, we do. So that's everything. That's what's the scoop. That's the episode. That's awesome, though. Like, good for them. Even if they, I mean, because that, again, that's a hard thing yeah. to go up against, but... Good for them for their nomination. I don't know what all the kind of nominations they have, but I think 
Jacob Tierney should be nominated for something. He does work in this the series. Director, writer, yes. something. Yeah, because... And I didn't see that on the list of he options. He is worthy. He is worthy. <laughs> Give him all the awards. Oh. But if you like this then join us back next episode we're going to do the series one finale Yay. and um if you're listening on apple Podcasts, give us a review and i'm not sure if it's like stars or i don't know make it nice stars. make it nice whatever you do make it nice because yeah. we're nice people and we like nice things <laughs> and if you have any feedback please email us uh, josh is going to plug that at the end of the episode but email us and we'll read your feedback or answer questions or yeah, just, all those uh, questions when we start sentences and then go i don't know i'm not sure and if you know that's what it's for. tell us so we can figure it out <laughs> let's figure it out all right thanks everybody we'll see you next time bye Thanks for listening to today's episode of Not My Forte, a super soft podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or further insights regarding this episode or future episodes, feel free to email us at casualjosh0 at gmail.com. That's casualjosh, the number zero, at gmail.com. And remember to put Not My Forte in the subject line.